Hello everyone and welcome back to the Lovely Freaks podcast. I'm your host Amanda. And I'm Hannah. And if you're new here, hi, welcome. If you like true crime and all things strange and unusual, you can go ahead and hit that subscribe or follow button. You can also head on down to the description box and you'll see a link that will take you to our um, link tree and you can find our social media, Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz. And all that jazz. (laughs) Alright, so right off the bat, I want to tell you guys that this Friday, March 27th, we're going to have a live Q&A session on our Instagram. So, if you aren't following us, you should go do that, and then you can see us Friday on Instagram, and then, you know, we'll answer all you guys' questions and all that. Today, we're going to be... um, This might be a two-part. I hope that it will. I'm going to try to get it into a two-part. But if not, we'll have something for y'all Friday. But this should be a two-parter. Because this is going to be a serial killer. Yeah, this is a serial killer. Parter, if I had to guess. Yeah, there's not a lot about him, but there's a lot to talk about. So, Um, a lot of people don't know who this guy is. Uh, If you do, that's great. But if you don't, you're going to learn today. And, yeah, I think that's pretty much it. I wanted to say thanks to everybody that... um, you mentioned that? You the know. 27th. Huh? Is it going to be the 27th? Friday the 27th. Yeah. 27th. No, that's no. not what I was talking about. I know, but I was trying to think of the <laughs> date, if you mentioned the date. Yeah. The 27th. I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who has liked our stuff so far and all that. We're super happy and it's awesome. And so, yeah, we're going to get started. So today we're going to be talking about Israel Keys. Um... And I'm going to go, I'm just going to dive into his background and all that. Mm-hmm. He was, possibly could be one of the most prolific serial killers in history. Um, probably, he, I'm not going to say that he has 37 confirmed, because he doesn't yeah. have 37 confirmed victims. I was about to say appointments. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> I will kill you on this stage. <laughs> I don't know where that was going, but anyways, um, 37 victims, Victims. but they think that it might be close to that range. That's a lot. Yeah. You've, have you heard of him? Mm -mm. No. Probably haven't. Okay. So we're going to start with his childhood, like normal, like we always do. So Israel Keyes was born January 7th, 1978. He grew up in a large Mormon family who, um, they denounced the... Mormon faith at one point and they turned to radical fundamentalist Christian Christianity which I didn't really know what that meant so I had to kind of yeah. look that up and it's kind of like uh like white supremacists and stuff like that uh, yeah okay. <laughs> so okay. yeah awesome Yummy. <laughs> he was the second of 10 children But some reports said that he only had four sisters, so I'm not sure if some of those kids died or if they were not. I I don't know. It was weird. People. Yeah, it was really, really strange. Um, His mother's name was Heidi, and his father's name was John. Keyes was a toddler when his family left Utah for Washington. They lived in an isolated, like, isolation in the woods, kind of. Um, where Keys grew up without heat or electricity. So, hmm. yeah, they kind of grew up it off the grid. Yeah, roughed it up. <laughs> roughed it up. <laughs> At the same time that they 
converted from from the Mormons to the radical Christians. Um, their family attended service at two churches, which practiced the white supremacy, like I told you about. So it was kind of like the ideology of this church. So apparently, his parents were super racist. Awesome. Oh, yeah. He of course, um, probably in. When they lived there, though, he befriended the neighbor, one of the neighbors, and kind of his mom and dad were, like, friends with the neighbors, too. And they were, like, really big white supremacists. And the one that he befriended was also a convicted murderer. So, you know, that's always a great idol to have. Keyes renounced the Christian faith by the time he was a teenager, and he eventually became interested in Satanism. He grew up, and Israel would break into, like, houses and homes. He would steal guns. He loved to hunt. That was really quick. I just have to mention that, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, all this Christian, and then all of a sudden, I'm a Satanism. Like, well, yeah, like, he, yeah, he denounced it when he was, um, like, preteen, I guess you could say. Hmm. And I don't really know why, but it did, there wasn't a whole lot about his background. But, like I said, when he became a teenager, he started, um breaking into houses, and he liked to start fires, so, you know, that's always great. It's the making of an arson, and um, he also liked to torture animals, so, yeah. So, spoiler alert, he gets caught, obviously, and he um, pretty much tells everything that I'm going to tell you guys today comes straight from his, like, from him. So, this is what he tells while he's in custody. Yeah. He says that I've known since I was 14 that there were things that, that I thought were normal and that were okay, quotation marks, that nobody else seemed to think were normal and okay. Hmm. End quote. I Did forgot he have to any quote kind of that head energy? Head energy? What? Was that okay? <laughs> not head energy, head injury. I don't know why I said he energy. had a lot of head, head energy. energy. Did he have any head energy? <laughs> no, and um, his chakra was completely aligned. <laughs> um, he had uh, uh head no you don't head know? injury. No, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Mm-mm. Um, so when he told his family he denounced his faith, his father cut all ties with him. He did mm-hmm. say. He did stay in contact with his mother, though. Um, Israel told police his he first planned... Wait. His first planned attack, not first plan. His first planned attack was in Oregon in either 1997 or 1998. Not sure which one, which year. Um, he abducted a teenage girl and then raped her, but he did let her go. His intent was to murder her, but she convinced him, like... To leave her. He said, quote, I wasn't violent enough, end quote. So basically, like, he wasn't violent enough at the mm-hmm. time to commit the murder that he wanted to. So sad for you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Just wasn't violent enough. He told investigators of the crime, he said, quote, I made up my mind I was never going to let that happen again, end quote. So, from that point on, like, when he started murdering after that, he was, he knew that he was never going to let anybody go, basically. Uh, And he didn't ever after that. 
In July 1998, Israel joined the army, which is so weird to me that there's so many people. There's a lot of serial killers, killers I mean, in general, that have joined the military. Just I think any it's kind. like an obvious situation because you literally get to kill someone and get paid to do it. Yeah, but I know. I mean, I'm an army wife, and I know plenty of guys that. Yeah, but back then, they probably saw a lot of it. Yeah, especially, like, I guess, earlier. And then also, like, oh, fuck, I'm thinking about, like, the 2000s and, like, and then back in the 80s. Yeah. I don't know, when was this? When did you say this was? 1998. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it was in 1998. Okay. When he he joined the army, and then, like I said, 97 or 98 when he, so he must have, like, kidnapped that girl and raped her. Right before he joined the army or right during? I, I don't know. So, um, he did well as a soldier, though. His fellow soldiers would say that he was very quiet, but he drank a lot, quite heavily. He spent time in Egypt, Fort Hood, and then Fort Lewis in Washington. After his honorable discharge in July 2001, he lived on the McKay Reservation. Um, I believe that was in... Washington mm-hmm. with his with the mother of his daughter. So his daughter was born in 2001. So yeah, he had a daughter, which is crazy to me. Like have a family life? Like I don't understand how they can um, juggle all that. Yeah, they can juggle yeah. all that. Cuz this dude like meticulously planned this shit out. So The thing is is like, I don't get it. Like I don't understand. I can't even think about murdering some murdering someone because mm-hmm. I'm thinking like I'm thinking this is the first thing that pops in my head. Oh, that would be too much. <laughs> like, that would be that's too much the effort. first thing that pops into your <laughs> That would be too much effort. Like, I would have to do so much. I could kill this guy, but... but then I'd have to hide the body. Fuck, I'd have to get off my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Clean up the blood. Like, that's just too much to do. Like, I don't understand how people can juggle a family life and do all that. Yeah. Like, okay, well... Um, on the... On the <laughs> On the reservation that he lived on, he actually worked closely with the tribal authorities. And later on, someone that he worked with, kind of, she was a private, I don't know if she was a private investigator or an investigator, but she was also like a novelist or whatever. And she knew Israel Keys, and she would say, like, she never thought that this was a guy that could have done what he did. Yeah. Stuff like that? Yeah, kind of like, you know, no one ever thought that Ted Bundy or. Well, yeah, you never think anybody can do something. Yeah. Until they do it. (laughs) He claimed that in 2001, that was when he committed his first murder while living in Washington. He said he was just bored because it was a boring town. Wow. Just bored. He also told police he committed four murders while living there. When Israel gets caught, he is the only one that can tell police about these killings because most of these people are, like, missing persons. Mm -hmm. So none of these people have officially been labeled as, like, dead. Yeah. They're all just missing persons. Even all those 30-something that I said he could have possibly killed, they're still just missing persons to this day. There are four confirmed killings of his 11 that are kind of like maybes and, like I said, 37 altogether that police are kind of wondering if he did or didn't and i'll explain what i'll explain all that i gotta turn this fan off sorry, sorry. if y'all can hear that the fan on. <laughs> it keeps knocking i turned it on because she was burning up but i gotta yeah. turn it off it's fine um 
so there there just wasn't enough to pin him on and there wasn't enough time and we'll get into that as well because you're probably sitting there thinking enough time what what so yeah anyways i'll explain okay <laughs> um so in 2007 keys finally moves to alaska to live with a nurse practitioner that he was dating so he stopped dating or stopped being with his baby's mama and he moved there hmm. and he also took his daughter with him i don't know hmm. if he got custody or i couldn't really figure that out I guess he had custody. Before 2012, Israel Keys was not on police's radar at all. Okay, so now we're going to talk about the murder that landed him in prison or in jail because no one knew who the hell this guy was or anything about his murdering spree until this, until he got caught. That the only way they found out he was a murderer is when he got caught for this, and then he starts really? confessing. Yeah. Because, sorry, I had to yawn. Um, because they were just missing people? Yeah. So mm-hmm. they didn't find the bodies or anything like that? No. Oh. And we'll get to there. Okay. So before 2012, like I said, no one no one knew who Israel was. Now, one evening, um, February 1st, 2012 to be exact, a young man was on his way to pick up his girlfriend named Samantha Coinage. Coinage? I think it's Coinage. Mm-hmm. From her work, she worked at a coffee shop. And this was like a little local coffee shop, like off the road. Only It was like a coffee stand. Kind of like Mocha Mugs, you know. It just had oh, one okay. or two people working in there. She yeah. was the only one working in there that night. Her boyfriend noticed that Samantha uh, wasn't inside her work. However, all the lights are on and it looks as though... Someone has walked, like, just... It looks as though she just, like, walked away. Because all the lights are still on. Yeah. The door's unlocked. And it's just like, okay, where did she go? Yeah. He then received, while there... Um, he, he had been there for a little bit. And while he was there, he received a text message. And the text was from Samantha. And it said, I know what you did. I'm mad. You... Effort, mother effort or something like that. She said, and I am going to stay with some friends. Tell my dad. See, her and her boyfriend had a fight the night before. Mm-hmm. And Israel could see that they had been fighting through the messages. So he kind of used that to his advantage. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. But it was still really odd. They had been together for almost a year. And her boyfriend knew that she wasn't someone that would just like leave abruptly. And she especially wouldn't, like, leave without clothes or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, I think that's really weird that somebody could just, like, leave like that. That's still weird, even if you don't know the person that well. Yeah. So, he goes to Samantha's father, her boyfriend, mm-hmm. and Samantha's father reports her missing that night. <clears throat> they contact police, um, and then, so the owner of the coffee shop says, Hey, I've got a surveillance camera. Do you guys want to look at it? And they were like, sure. So, on the surveillance video, you see that she's at the coffee shop and she's working. And then you see a customer walk up. You can't see the customer's face, unfortunately. But you do Mm -hmm. see that somebody walks up to the counter because she's obviously talking to someone. Mm -hmm. She gets the customer the coffee. And then the customer obviously kind of like points to something behind her. Because she turns around and looks at whatever's behind her. Then when she turns back around to where the customer is, she kind of like backs up and like kind of jumps back. And then she puts her... Yeah. Yeah. And then she puts her hands up. So, obviously, you know. Yeah, he definitely pulled out a gun. He pulled, pulled a gun on her. So, then did he tell her like get in the car or something after that? 
Well, there's no sound on okay. the surveillance video. Oh, so, like, she just kind of disappears? Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. So then after <clears throat> she kind of, like, turns some of the lights off. She didn't turn them all off, but she turns some of them off. She gets money out of the cash register, hands it to him. And whoever is on the other side crawls through the counter. Like, mm-hmm. you know, because it's a counter you can crawl through. He crawls through. He's wearing a ski mask, unfortunately, so we don't get to see his face. Mm-hmm. He tells her to lay on the floor, face down, and then he ties her hands behind her back. So, we don't know, um, you know, what his face looks like. And, obviously, you can't hear his voice What's because it's, on, yeah. it's no, no sound. After that, they walk out the door. She unlocks it. They walk out the door, and they kind of walk off. The surveillance video shows them walking off because it's kind of, and the camera's like out of sight from where they're going. Mm-hmm. Israel said, though, he told police that at this point, Samantha was trying to get away. She actually broke free at one point and was running and screaming for help. No one heard her. And there were kind of places all around. There was like an IHOP and some other like restaurants, but nobody was outside, unfortunately, at the time. Mm-hmm. Israel then tackled her to the ground and put her in his truck. So, wow. So Nobody sucks. was around. Mm-mm. Sucks. He did it He did it late at night, so that way... Not late at night, but, you know. It was the only coffee shop that was open late. Yeah. So, he did it then, because nobody... There wasn't a lot of people. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. After her abduction, the case grew the attention of the FBI. Of course, they started combing through her social media, computer records, to see if there is anything or anyone who looks suspicious. As I said before, her and her boyfriend had a fight the night before that she was abducted. And Israel says later, um, he could tell, you know, that they had had a fight. So he was kind of using that to his, to his advantage and he wanted to try to pin it on the boyfriend because yeah. he sent him another text later that night or it was the next day saying, uh, just F you. That was all the text said. Hmm. And so, or fuck you, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so that was all the text said. So it was kind of like he was making it appear like, you know, maybe the boyfriend has her phone and he's the one that kidnapped her because yeah. they got into this huge fight. However, um, the boyfriend... And any other people that she was, like, family and stuff like that, they were kind of... The police looked at them, but they didn't find any evidence that they would... Did the you know, boy have an alibi? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. They had alibi, alibis. Jeez. Yeah. Plus, none of them kind of matched the build of the person in the surveillance video either, so... Yeah, and then why also wouldn't she greet... If it was her boyfriend, why wouldn't she, like, come around the corner and be like, hey, baby. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> or be mad when he walked through, like, what do you want? Why are you here? Yeah. She wouldn't be, like, greeting him like he's a customer. Yeah. So, the case is starting to go cold for about two weeks. Um, they don't really find any evidence. They don't really, know, can't really figure out anything. Her boyfriend then receives a text, and this is a weird text, so I'll explain kind of what it means. But it says, quote, Connor Park, sign, underpick of Albert H.E. Purdy. So, they go to Connor Park. The FBI go to the park. And under a picture of a missing dog, Albert, <laughs> mm-hmm. is a Ziploc bag. P- 
pinned to the tree. In the Ziploc bag, uh, they find a picture of Samantha with what appears to be her holding the newspaper of the day's date. So it has the date of today, or that day, on it. So it could show, like, yeah, she's still alive. Yeah. She's holding the newspaper. Also, there was a ransom note, and in the ransom note, he wanted, or the perpetrator wanted $30,000, um, and he wanted the thirty grand to be deposited into Samantha's account, whoever it was, and was going to take her card, or possibly her, to go get the money, like, go get it out. Yeah. That's so kind of what the going to F- be a ransom. Yeah. Ow, my leg. That's kind of what the FBI was thinking, anyways. So, the family pulled together um, all their money in their bank accounts, and and I think they even had, like, some of the neighbors help them or whatever, and they made a deal with the bank that, hey, whenever you see someone that has pulled out a large amount of money, and I think he'd only pull out, like, $500 at a time, but when you see someone pull out the limit, um, let us know. Like, you know, give us a phone call. Well, why didn't they, like, if they know where, if he said he was going to do it at her bank account, mm-hmm. why didn't they, well, I guess, why we'll didn't they there. wait? I know what you meant. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, is he going to go get the money? He's going to go, he's going to pull it out of ATMs. So, that could be yeah. anywhere. That oh, could be an well, ATM at a gas station. Yeah, that's at a, true. Yeah, anywhere. It doesn't really matter. And the bad part about it was, is every time he went to the ATM, he was wearing a ski mask. And we'll kind of get to that part as well. Yeah, because I was they probably had video, right? What? If they have video on the ATM, do they have videos on the ATM? Yeah, they have video. That's what I said. Yeah. So then yeah, and then you said that it was gonna be a ski mask, so done. Yeah. He's gonna have a ski mask. So it doesn't happen immediately, but the next like two days, it's like two days that he waits and then they start getting pings all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like I said, they're all in Alaska, but they all the police officers can't be in one all these spots at once. So they're like getting a ping. The bank calls them up. It's like, hey, we got one, and it could be like five minutes down the road, but it only takes that person ten seconds to get the money, hop in the car, and leave. Yeah. So it's really hard to get it, and unfortunately, his whoever was in the car, there wasn't like. He, he always parked his car where the cameras couldn't see. So, you couldn't see the car. Because that would have been really great if you could see the car yeah, and the license. Yeah, I was about to say, if he pulled up and see the car, but that's... Man, he's thinking of everything. Yeah. Well, he had Something. a... Something. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get there. Um, <laughs> they could, So, on March 7th, things got a little weird with the ATM pings. There is an ATM transaction that is all the way in Wilcox, Arizona. So it goes from Alaska to Arizona. Then they get another one in New Mexico. Then by March 10th, there's two different hits on her card coming from two different locations in Texas. Hmm. Hold on. That's really... (coughs) That's a lot of places. Travel? Yeah. Yeah. Very fast. So it seems like to the FBI that they are making their way east, like, kind of through the U.S. Yeah. It kind of seems like that's what they're doing. 
Or this person, whoever it is, you know? And also, if you're going to kidnap somebody, is is he, like, keeping him in the car? Keeping her in the car? Yeah, we don't know at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. He, um... What was the last thing you asked? I had to pause because the dog wouldn't quit whining. Um, like, is he taking her? Oh, yeah, we don't know. Or they don't know at the time. Or did he just kill her? Yeah. Like... So, it's seen... So... They finally notice that when he's in Texas, they notice that this person is getting into a white Ford Focus. So, boom. They're able to put out an APB on this car, the make and the model. Mm -hmm. And finally, the police in Texas pull over someone for a traffic violation. They they saw the, um, the police officer saw this description of the car but he had to wait till he made, like, a traffic violation to pull him over. Oh, okay. And he gets pulled over because he, um, what was it? Didn't put on his turning no, signal? No, it was, I think it was speeding. It was kind of like a Ted Bundy situation. Okay. You know, he got pulled over for, like, speeding or something yeah. like that. Like, a dumbass. You have a, d- whatever. You murder <laughs> people. You know, let's go safe, Okay. <laughs> Let's go the speed limit. Matter of fact, go five miles under. (laughs) Anyways. So, when they pull him over, uh, he hands them their license, and they see that it's Israel Keys, and Samantha's license is in the car, her bank card, and other items that are hers as well. So, they've got him. Israel later actually said that he had a gun in the trunk, and if he could have gotten to his gun... He was going to start, like, opening fire on the police officers because he wanted to go out in, like, a blaze of glory. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> like the Gosh. eye roll. Ugh. Jesus. <laughs> also, apparently, when he was in Texas, he visited some of his family, um, one of his sisters, and she tried to kind of, like, get him away from atheism. Mm-hmm. And Israel said, quote, You don't know the depths of darkness that I've gone to. You don't know what I've done. It seems like he's all doing this because he doesn't like the church. You think? Because I don't know if it's like because how of his family. Up. Yeah, because it's not his family because, I mean, I it mean, doesn't seem like his family is bad. Yeah, it could be that. I mean, I don't know. You didn't put much detail in the family. Well, there wasn't much to put, but it yeah. could be that. I mean, it could be that he doesn't like the church. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't like a white supremacist church if I grew up in that. So, I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't blame him. <laughs> but I wouldn't go to this depth. Yeah. yeah. i just move on with my life. Not and I guess he, <laughs> I don't know, it was weird because, I don't know. I, I, there's no really, no one really knows why he did it or why he started doing it. So he never said, like, because my parents treated me this way? Or? Nope. So, he gets arrested and then sent, taken back to Alaska. When in custody, they start asking, like, where's Samantha? He tells them that she's dead. So, this is what he tells police happened to Samantha. Hold on. Um, he, <clears throat> he gets back to his house with her. We know that because he kidnapped her from the... The coffee shop. So, we've made so, it that far. Wait. So, he's kidnapped right now. Or, sorry. Put in custody right now. Yeah. Not kidnapped. Yeah. Yeah. They case. kidnapped him. He, they they like, kidnapped you know him? You kidnapped no. someone? We're going to kidnap you. They put him in kidnapped. No. They put him in custody. Yeah. 
So this is what he tells police happened after, you know, we saw the surveillance video or we know what happened in the surveillance video. So after the surveillance video, this is what he says happens, okay? He gets back to his house. He takes her out up, out to the shed out back. Once there, he gives her a glass of wine, is what he said, to like calm her down. And he has one himself. Okay. Like that That's really weird. is great. <laughs> yeah, it was That's weird. That's really weird. Let me ha give you a wine and I'll drink some myself. Yeah. Maybe. Then he proceeded to rape her, sexually assault her, and strangle her to death. He then wraps her body up into a tarp and puts her in a cabinet in his shed. Then he goes back inside his house and has dinner with his girlfriend and his daughter. He locks the shed, too. But his girlfriend, like, never went in the shed. So, mm -hmm. you know. Then he gets to... First of all, if my husband ever is like, no, you can't go out in my shed, bitch, I'm going. Yeah. Like, I'm like, like uh, why? First of all, you would think, uh, is there some kind of cheating going on? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you I know don't the know part, but what like, you think, but there are no secrets in this house. Yeah. So, we going in a shed if I gotta knock it down with a... With an axe. That'd be terrible to be married to someone and then, oh, by the way, I kill people. Like, yeah. oh, I would be Great. livid. Awesome. Like, I would just be like, what? Yeah. So then he, after all this, after he eats and everything, he starts packing. And he starts packing for a two-week cruise that they had to go on the next morning. That's wow. right. The two weeks that I told you about where they didn't hear from the kidnapper. The next morning. Mm-hmm. And remember those two weeks I told you about yeah. when the case kind of went still? Yeah, he was wow. on a cruise. Yeah. So, he's a piece of shit. He was just, like, chilling on a cruise while Samantha's dead body was back in Alaska freezing in a shed. When he gets back home, since, you know, her body's been cold and yeah. decomposition hasn't really set in because it's, it's freezing in Alaska... The body's, like, well-preserved. He decides to do the whole ransom thing. So, remember the picture I told you about? Well, unfortunately, Samantha was already dead during that picture. Oh, my God. Really? Yep. So, he, how... He sewed her eyes open. Oh, my God. He then rigged her arm somehow with, like, ties and tied up her arm somehow where yeah. it would show, like, she was holding the picture. I mean, the, the newspaper. Like, she was holding the newspaper. Yeah. You can see this picture online, and I'll show it to you later. Um, but it's pretty. So, was her eyes, like, super, like, doll-like open? Or was it, like, she was looking normal? Yeah, I'll show you. That's so weird that he, like, sewed his her her eyes open. I probably won't post this on probably, Instagram because yeah. it'll probably take it down. Um, however, you guys can look it up for yourselves. But yeah, she's dead in that picture. Wow. But she just kind of looks like she's been beaten up, though, yeah. right? I mean, her lips are a little blue, but yeah. Fucking awful. Um, don't look it up if you're faint of heart. Yeah, don't. He, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he, he, he does that. He never had any intentions of letting, um... Her go is what he told the police, which obviously we knew that. After he took the picture, he drove out to a lake, some lake that he usually goes ice fishing at. He put up his little, like, ice fishing hut, because you know how they, like, have those that they put yeah. over them sometimes? He then dismembered her body and dumped her into the lake. He then said he caught a few fish to cook for dinner that night, and he took them back to his family. Wow. Cooked them up. Yeah. He fed his family after all that. 
Yeah, he fed them the fish that, yeah, that the he fish. caught from dumping her in the uh, lake. Like... Yeah. He told police he has two sides. He has the friendly dad side, and he has the heart, like, hard-working guy, you know. He's also a contractor. He owns his own contracting business. Yeah. Just like and Jane Wayne. Jane Wayne. Jane Wayne. <laughs> That's not what I meant. What's his name? God, John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy. Jane Wayne Gacy. Jane Wayne Gacy. We're on a roll today. Um, but just like him, he had like a family, didn't he? And he had he also had um a whole business. Yeah, and he was like a member of like he yeah. was the he was like always doing shit and yeah. then murdering people. It was like mm-hmm. yeah, like, oh, boys how? basically. Boys, yeah. Like how how are you doing this? How? So I that's can... what he looks like. Just a normal dude. Yeah, he looks so normal. Yeah, he does. There's a picture, this picture right here. He's got like a lay what? on. We'll post this one on Instagram. But he's got like a lay. He's at like a barbecue, like just chilling. He looks like a goober. Yeah, he does. He's looked like he would be a super goober. Yeah, like, like the let's nerd. Go guys. <laughs> like super nerdville. So, yeah, and I can say that because I'm married to a nerd. Um, <laughs> and I am one. Currently wearing a alien shirt. An alien shirt. <laughs> it says I need some space on it. Yeah. So, anywho, yeah, that's what he told police. And he also once, he said, once I've picked someone to kill, you're not getting away. There's no way you're going to get away. Police asked him why he picked Samantha. And he said his killings are completely random. Like I told you, he picked her because it was, like, the only coffee shop that was open late at night. And she was the only one in there. Which, come on, people that, you know, uh, make schedules for people. Make sure there's at least two or three workers at a stand at all times. Especially at night. Yeah. I'm not blaming the owner of the coffee shop. I'm just saying. but still, like, a warning. Let's put more people. Like, not just one person. He also tells Samantha to keep calm, that he's just in it for the money. She actually tells him, like, my parents don't have a lot of money. He's like, oh, that's fine. You know, the community will get together to get the money. And then once I get the money, you, you can be let go. Another crazy-ass thing about this is that he almost got caught. So, Samantha left her phone at the coffee shop. He had to go back to the coffee shop to get it. Then... She told him that her card was actually, like, her debit card, you know? Because he needed the debit card to, like, do the money transactions. Um, her card was left in her boyfriend's truck. Wow. Well, obviously, he goes and gets the card. Out of her boyfriend's truck. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Get this. (laughs) This man goes to... Her house, because her boyfriend's truck was at her house. At, How did he know where her boyfriend lived? That's I guess she probably told him. I mean, she was okay. still alive at this point, so, so she he probably, probably asked yeah. him. Um, yeah. he bra- he's breaking into the truck, okay? Mm-hmm. The, he, this is the point where he almost gets caught. He's breaking into the truck, getting going to grab the, the debit card. And her boyfriend steps out of the house and sees some motherfucker, like, breaking into his truck. He freaks out and starts chasing this dude down the street, and he gets away. Dead wow. ass. <laughs> yeah. He didn't call the cops or anything? He did, but, I mean, the guy was gone. He didn't see him. He didn't he know didn't what he looked like. like him no, because it was car. dark. No. Oh. It was dark, and he ran down the street and probably parked his car way down the street and jumped in it. 
sucks, man. Lucky. He's a lucky bastard. Yeah, definitely. So, he then, like, takes her debit card to the nearest, like, ATM to see mm-hmm. if she actually was, like, um, telling the truth about the transaction. Uh, what's it? The PIN number. Mm-hmm. And, of course, she was because she thought, okay, I'm going to get let go whenever this is all over with. So, yeah. And after this, Israel pretty much tells them, like, where the body is. And they know. They're like, okay, this is not your first murder. Like, we know this is not your first murder. And Israel tells them, no, it's not. But he wants to strike a deal before he tells them anything else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we're going to end it. (laughs) Oh, okay. So, this episode, we're ending there. Sorry, guys. You got to listen to part two to see what happens. And I you also know more. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, he murdered he murdered 36 people, didn't he? Yeah. Well, possibly three four confirmed for sure. 11, they're like almost positive, but yeah. it's not completely confirmed, and then 36, and I'll explain that 36 next episode. So anyways, you guys will have to see the next episode. So if you liked this episode, you can go ahead and leave us a review on Apple. If you're not on Apple, just Go ahead and, uh, I don't know, go to our Instagram and like the like the episode thingy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. YouTube. And then we will have part two up for you guys Friday. And also, you can um, listen or watch our live Q&A Friday night. Friday night. And we'll post all that on our Instagram as well, like what time we're going to get on and all that stuff. It'll probably be, what time do you get off? You get here around 6. 6, so it would probably be like 7 o'clock or or something. Yeah. Maybe 8. It just depends on dinner and all that. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.